0: Follow The Podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast
1: Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at The Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and The Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, It was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer, we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates. Well, you might not know. It's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online? I got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads groupcom slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Rhodes-Group.com slash off You can also see the link up at RealMatlanta on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Rhodes Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Roads Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads groupcom
2: Dealerships located throughout metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matt Atlanta. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite. Uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, uh, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right, so uh, SEC media days, Brandon Adams, they're behind us now, and I always kind of look at that as the unofficial beginning to the college football season. It's kind of gotten watered down over the last several years. Coach is not really saying a lot. Uh, So before we dive into Georgia, the obvious big story was the surprise uh, story that the Houston Chronicle broke during the week that Oklahoma and Texas have an interest in coming to the SEC. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that?
3: Well, I was really mad, to be honest with you, not about the news necessarily, but I had actually just left. And like you said, I mean, SEC media days is kind of – it's. I still enjoy it, but it's not what it once was. I mean, there's just not – especially with, like, reduced you know capacity for media and things like that this year. So there was a little bit of subdued vibe. The coaches don't really say anything. And so I was packing up and coming home. Within like ten minutes of being in the car, the whole like world you know catches on fire with the with the Oklahoma Texas news, and I think for a lot of people, and I guess maybe I was kind of similar in this respect. It almost seems like it must be fake or exaggerated because it just kind of comes at too perfect of a time in the middle of the summer. But also, right as Texas A and M is going up there on the podium for their moment at SEC Media Days, and then you start seeing all the non denial denials that come out from key figures after that, and you're realizing that. At least as the story was reported by Brent Zorneman from the Houston Chronicle, that part of it at least seems true. Now, d- does this ultimately result in 16 teams being in the SEC with the Sooners and Longhorns being added? I-, I guess there's still some stuff to cross before you get to that point. But the news, as has been reported up until now, seems true.
1: So tell me the Georgia perspective on it, whether it's two divisions and maybe one of these joins the East, or maybe they jumble it all back up and we have just a free for all with everybody in one league, like what is the Georgia angle? How does it affect them directly?
3: Well, I think one of the things that's important to note here is that if there would be any ally to potentially join Texas A&M, which has explicitly stated publicly that it doesn't want Texas in the SEC, if they were to get any help from anybody, a school like Georgia might be one of the schools that would uh, you know potentially go along with this because in the past it's been reported that Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina were against their in-state rivals, who are also as it happens in the ACC, ever joining the SEC, so there might be like some common cause alignment there, but I would tell folks that the one thing to kind of notice, and if this does continue by the time folks hear this podcast, obviously later than what I'm saying now, that to the extent that nobody else other than Texas A&M is kind of coming out publicly against that, leads you to believe that's not going to happen, so maybe there will be no opposition from Georgia or anybody else, and Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, on the one hand, you could just add Texas-Oklahoma, make it two eight-team divisions, and then that potentially slides the easternmost west teams right now, Auburn and Alabama, into the SECs, which makes it a far different division all the way around. But there's also a chance the entire thing just gets reinvented, whether it's four four four-team divisions or the word pod has been kicked around where you're not really playing divisions the way we think of in sports but you're playing a small number of the same teams every year and then playing a lot of the other teams on a more rotating basis one thing seems for sure for me that over the course of the next three to four years the sec as we know it could look really different in terms of the schedule that Georgia's playing week to week and the way the conference championship is ultimately decided
1: i think we would all agree the dollars will decide whichever way this is going to go but it's sort of Time wise, could coincide with the expansion of the playoff. Which, if we all agree that maybe it does go to 12 teams, like what you're saying is teams are going to get a mulligan or two um, when it comes to losses against quality competition. So it's an SEC that could beat each other up a lot, but it's one that would still allow you to play for the big prize at the end.
3: And I think there's a chance that maybe this doesn't happen, if it ever does happen. It doesn't happen without a 12-team playoff, because if you're Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's you know, financial cachet is obviously smaller than Texas, but ironically, Oklahoma's on-field brand is, is better than the Longhorns. If you're Oklahoma and you're entering the SEC in the world of a 14 team playoff, your life just got worse, right? Because they've been in the playoff year after year. They weren't there this past year, but three years prior, to they have been in the playoff. And if you're coming into a 16-team SEC in which there's only a 14 team playoff, that's a very, very hard assumption to make that you would make the playoff just given the, the glut of competition. But in a 12-team playoff world, there are going to be multiple SEC bids every single year, and so it's easier to sell yourself on we could go to the SEC and still be you know a likely playoff team because I mean the SEC is going to have in most years at least two teams in the playoff, if not three and four, however many else you know beyond that. So I actually think whether this was intended or this is just kind of a, a pleasant byproduct, I think the growth of the twelve-team playoff has actually maybe made it a little easier for the SEC to expand.
1: I would agree with you. Yes, we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's kind of my go-to. I'm a little bit lucky. I live in Woodstock, so I'm right around the corner to downtown Woodstock on Main Street to see the Daily Draft, which I've told you many times, it's the ultimate sports bar experience, not your father's sports bar. You're talking wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps, craft bar, chef-inspired menu. And with sizzling plays ahead, if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall, maybe you're going to MBS or Athens or on the Flats, or you're hosting a game night at your home check out the daily drafts newest menu edition the tailgate box yes you can enjoy their wings boneless wings a couple of sides a bag of popcorn and of course their homemade jumbo cookies now these are pre-order only you can go to the uh, dailydraft.net or give them a call at the daily draft to get the pre-orders in if you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week or even order on uber eats check out the daily draft they have A great lunch lineup for only 11 bucks Monday through Friday from 11.30 till 3.30. Again, go to thedailydraft.net or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. The Daily Draft, a unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at The Daily Draft.
2: dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect
1: the best. All right, so let's uh, hit a couple of these are, you know, things as as we're recording this at the end of the week, you know, um, that we'll see play out moving forward. Here are things we do know. So JT Daniels gives Georgia their, quote, best and potentially most prolific quarterback in a very long time. And I don't mean to be dismissive of Jake Fromm because Jake was efficient and he was good, but they're going to ask different things of JT Daniels. So how high is the ceiling for JT in this offense?
3: Yeah, I think I think it's really high. But I would also say on that, and I think you may agree with me on this, that I actually think as good as Daniels is, as nice a prospect as he is, I still think Todd Munkin is a more important name for Georgia than JT Daniels. Yeah, I would agree. Because yeah. if you want to take Jake Fromm as, let's just call him an NFL prospect at quarterback. Now, ultimately, he didn't get drafted as high as he wanted to, but he spent his college career being viewed as an NFL prospective quarterback. In 2019, when his offensive coordinator was James Coley, Fromm was completely ineffective. Whereas in 2018, when his offensive coordinator was Jim Cheney, who I think was better as a play caller than Coley was, the numbers for Fromm were much better. And so, so the story for George in 2021 is not just that JT Daniels is a good looking quarterback, although he is. It's also that there is probably more confidence among fans about Munkin's play calling abilities than You typically see for offensive coordinators, and I'll just say this real quick. You know, Matt, I've listened to the radio for years. I know you know that um, fans love criticizing play calling. It's the most common thing you'll hear on a Monday after a game of why the play caller do this dumb thing. I mean, listen, put your ear to the ground, Matt, a year ago. You didn't hear any of that from Georgia fans regarding Tide Monk. Some days Georgia scored a lot of points. Maybe some days they didn't but there was very little tangible criticism of Munkin as a play caller and i think that matters i think it gives you an idea of maybe what Georgia has in Munken and maybe why the, the the sky is so you know the the limits are so high for for uh, Daniels is because he's actually functioning within a competent offensive system as well
1: i think it's a great point point. and if you go back to a year ago at the beginning of the season anyway i think most people realized with either Dewan Mathis or Stetson Bennett you were going to be kind of limited with what you were going to do But I I like the way you framed it that the combination now, JT, who I just saw in the latest Heisman trophy ratings rankings is, you know, one of the Vegas best bets there. But it's because I and to your point there's continuity now with Todd Munkin coming back. It's a full off season for JT Daniels where he's not rehabbing, he's just working in this system. So those two working together. And again, you brought up Fromm and and Coley. It's like that's another fair comparison. They just didn't ask Jake Fromm to throw the ball a ton. Remember the stat if when he threw the ball over thirty times. Right. Brandon, I don't know how many times it's gonna happen where JT Daniels throws it fewer than thirty times. So it's it's just a very different philosophy now with Munkin in, in, in that role.
3: And I won't pretend to be smart enough to know what makes a good play caller a good play caller. I do know enough to know that a lot of this is pre snap. It's you know how you move your receivers around, it's the it's the motion, it's the things like that. And the point here is if you watch the Georgia offense at its worst, and a lot of that came in twenty nineteen, Receivers were essentially asked to just get themselves open. If you're George Pickens, you just go jump higher than somebody else. Or if you're, you know, pick another receiver, maybe you're supposed to run past someone. That's just really hard to do in SEC competition where the defensive backs are so good and they're playing press man and everything else. I mean, I think the thing with Todd Munkin is, is that the receivers will be put in a position to help get them open and not just being asked to use their own athleticism. And obviously, you know, Georgia fans like to think of themselves as RBU and running backs and things like that. The honest truth is we're in a day and age now where you throw to set up the run, what you do early downs, first and second down, early in the game, first and second quarter. And if you if you ass- assert yourself in the passing attack in those moments, then it becomes far easier to run. Look at Alabama in the fourth quarter last year. Alabama spent a lot of fourth quarter time last year giving the ball to Najee Harris because they had already thrown the knockout blow way earlier in the game.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think the, the other part of this for Georgia is the Munkin factor in JT, certainly. But the weapons, even with George Pickens lost, and yeah, that's a big deal. But I don't remember them having this much depth and this many potential, and I'll say potential, options from you know the tight ends now, which I want to talk to you about more in a minute. But Jermaine Burton and, and you know, Harris um, Jackson and just, just de- you know, if Dom Belaylock comes back healthy and, and Arian Smith and whoever else you want to go to, like they seem like a lot of interchangeable parts that they can do a lot of different things with.
3: Well, I'll give you a stat here. You know, if you want to use recruiting rankings, like, say, the 24-7 sports composite ranking, that's combining all the rankings together, Georgia went from 2009 until 2019 without signing a receiver ranked in the top 10 of the country at its position. That's a long time for a program like Georgia to go without really you know, landing an elite receiver recruit. Obviously in 2019, there were two of them. It was Dominic Blaylock and it was George Pickens. Then the year after that, they got two more. They got Arian Smith, who was ranked in the top ten, and uh, uh, Marcus Rosemy jackson was also ranked in the top ten there as well. And so, and, and, you know, obviously Jermaine Burton's close and some of the guys like that are. The, the point is, measured by, like, recruiting success and, you know, things of that nature, this is as talented a receiver group as George has had, not just in the Kirby Smart era, but in a good number of years before that. Now, there's still a chance it's not as good as what Ohio State has. They're incredibly incredibly decent receiver. Alabama, once again, is going to be incredibly you know, good at the receiver position. They've got some really good young guys like Ajayi all that I don't think people know about yet. Obviously, Oklahoma. So it's not that Georgia has the best receivers in the country, but they have far better receivers than they've had at any other point in time under Smart or previous to that for a good number of years. So this is about as much as you can hope for from talent in that spot. And you mentioned tight ends, you know, pass catching targets. I'll call them there. It's really a unique combination of athletes that you just hope that it really does fall into place, if you're a George fan anyway, for UGA to be able to exploit.
1: All right, folks, I want to introduce you to our newest partner here at Welcome to Atlanta, my friends at United Bin Cleaning. If you listen to me on the radio, you've probably heard me bragging on United Bin Cleaning and the job they did cleaning and sanitizing my trash can and recycling bin. But I wanted to tell you what else they can do for you to clean your home. I wanna talk to you about pressure washing and soft washing. I feel like there are so many companies out there that you'd never really know what you're getting. Well, I had United Bin Cleaning out to my home to soft wash my house and to pressure wash my deck, driveway, and my fence and everything looks brand new. I love the job they did at United Bin Cleaning. When I tell you, they probably saved me thousands of dollars on my fence. If you've seen the cost of lumber, for instance, I was gonna go get the new fence, but United Bin Cleaning, pressure washed it it looks brand new so now i'm going to put that off for another summer there's some vacation money or something else i can do with it at united been cleaning they also soft washed my home and if you don't know soft washing is a light wash with a secret soap it's the safest way to clean the exterior of your home to address mold mildew and pollen united Bin cleaning does residential and commercial pressure washing and it's a local company i love to keep the money local my friends jeff and rachel terry from peachtree tents and event they own United Bin Cleaning, so great company, local folks serving our community. Right now at United Bin Cleaning, they will pressure wash or soft wash your home and give you a 10% discount when you mention promo code MATLANA. Again, 10% off on pressure washing or soft washing when you mention promo code MATLANA all throughout the month. Speaking of the month of July, at United Bin Cleaning they're giving away a chance for you to win the bin. They're giving away a 32 gallon bin loaded with over 500 bucks of really cool the sh- uh, 500 bucks of summer fun, I should say. Yes, 500 bucks of summer fun, gift cards to DOS Barbecue, Fox Brothers, Low Country Catering, Pont City Market, plus barbecue sets, beach towels, bucket hats, and more. Your summer fun will be complete if you win the bin. So search up United Bin Cleaning on Facebook or Instagram. Give them a like or follow to win. Again, find them on Facebook, Instagram, give them a like or a follow. You can win from United bin cleaning, offering you 10% off your pressure washing or soft washing. Go to unitedbincleaning.com.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like.
2: 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta Jim Ellis automotive where you can always
1: expect the best wait well, and I think you just sort of defined it the right way like Eric Gilbert call him whatever you want line him up as a wide receiver call him a tight end and then the combo of Darnell Washington it's been one of the criticisms and, and it is funny to hear we're all guilty of this when we watch a game we think we can diagnose what's happening offensively because you know we do it on video games but Right. The one part of Georgia's offense that has been a head-scratcher is the lack of usage of really talented tight ends, especially in the pass game. So call Gilbert whatever you want. We know Washington tight end. How are they going to use those two guys together?
3: Well, so here's the thing. Let me say this first. You remember Gabby Reese? You remember her? Oh, yeah, sure. She was like, what, like the supermodel volleyball yes. player or yep. whatever. And then at a certain point in time, she decided she didn't want to be a volleyball player anymore. Now she's just a supermodel. And it's sort of easier to be a model when you're the volleyball playing model, but once you're just a model, now you're compared to every other model in the world. (laughs) I sort of think the same thing about Eric Gilbert a little bit, in that it's really cool to be the tight end who could be a receiver, but once you switch over and become a receiver, now you're going to be compared to every other receiver in the country. And so it's one of those things where I know there's a lot of excitement right now about Gilbert being exclusively a wide receiver. I think that's one of the reasons that he came to Georgia, because maybe George's going to give him a chance to do that. But if I were his – mentor his uncle or something like that I guess my word of advice to him is be careful stepping away from that tight end position too much because listen you can you know go to the NFL get a bunch of targets there make yourself a bunch of money so I I do think it's it's critical they use Washington and Gilbert together because I think they're both really interesting weapons but if you're going to tell me right now that Darnell Washington is exclusively a very athletic tight end and Gilbert's going to be a wide receiver who used to be a tight end. I'm actually not quite so sure that the better statistical outlook, if you're playing like, you know, college version of daily fantasy, or whatever else, I'm actually not quite so sure. I wouldn't bet on Washington's numbers more so than Gilbert, because I do think those kinds of mismatches that he saw in the Missouri game and that he saw in the Cincinnati game and really exploited. I'm not quite so sure that isn't a recipe for success in 2021, maybe even more so than a guy like Gilbert, who I love. I think he's one of the most amazing high school players I've seen. But I'm not quite so sure Washington as a true tight end isn't a more valuable weapon for Georgia, at least this year.
1: All right, so let me ask you about uh, the unknown, or at least the question, because there are some questions about the Georgia offensive line figuring out the first five, the best five, and how it's going to work itself out. What is your level of concern, and how quickly, because Clemson's right there waiting, how quickly do they have to find answers to some of those questions on the offensive line?
3: Oh, I think that's huge. I mean, if you don't have your left tackle figured out for Clemson, that can absolutely get you beat. And what's going to be frustrating for Georgia fans is one of the main guys who'll be beating you or a a couple of those guys that might be beating you are guys that you would like to have gotten as recruits and didn't get. Miles Murphy out of the Atlanta area. He's going to have a huge year for Clemson. Brian Brzee, uh, a recruit from up north that Georgia went after, and he's at Clemson. Those are tough guys to block. UGA fans know them well. And issues along the offensive line could be a big factor there. It's one of the reasons why – I still think there's a chance they start Jamari Salyer at left tackle, even though he's mostly been considered a guard during the off season. Maybe he slides over there against lesser competition after week one, but you've got to be very careful on the edge uh, against this Clemson team. Georgia was pretty good in its run block a year ago. It had some issues in pass protection as measured by, like, sack rate and some of that kind of stuff. And so against Clemson, that could be a recipe for disaster. I'd say that's a very, very important thing to pay very close attention to.
0: Follow The Podcast Park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all
1: our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at The Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and The Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh It was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that... I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates. Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal, you can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You wanna visit online, I got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads groupcom slash off It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Rhodes-Group.com slash off You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Rhodes Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Rhodes Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads groupcom
2: and win. Hey everybody, Buck Balou here and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President Stacy Ellis. Man I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. was founded on and that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive where you can always expect the best.
1: So BA we looked at some of the numbers and this isn't you know Shocking to you anyway, but I mean, Alabama has been just a juggernaut last couple of years. They've averaged over 48 points a game. Two years ago, LSU did the same. And that's, that's, some you know, big expectation. But I mean, we would all agree, right? For Georgia's offense to compete and beat what I called Bama Godzilla the other day, like you have to be in the mid 40 scoring points a game. Is that a fair expectation for the offense?
3: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I'll say it this way. You're right. The, the last couple of years, really like 2018, 2019, 2020, yep. have been big explosion year after year. was uh, like at like 42, LSU roughly speaking 45, and as you mentioned before, Alabama's like 48, 49, approaching 50 points a game. I think there's a chance we may get a little regression here this year simply because, you know, that new coaching staff at Alabama might want to run the ball a little bit more, but assume for a second that doesn't happen. The one thing that JT Daniels has got to do, he's going to throw more, touchdown passes I know that seems like a simplistic point but what I'm getting at is if you look at the four games he started for Georgia a year ago if you extrapolate those total passing yards out to like say a 15 game schedule assuming that Georgia would play for national championship the passing yards for Daniels look fine his yards per attempt number as good as anybody in the country his overall completion percentage as good as anybody everything statistically speaking for Daniels would look great taking the four games from a year ago and sort of stretching it out to like a full fourteen or fifteen game schedule. The one thing that kind of lags behind a little bit is even if you take for the most part, which were four pretty good games for him, the touchdown number. I, and I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. It still kind of extrapolates out to fewer than forty. Uh, you're talking about you know be, you know uh, in a short season a year ago, Mac Jones threw four more than forty. Uh, what uh. uh borough through 60 in 2019 yeah. we just have these you know gigantic touchdown totals from these very good quarterbacks and obviously the touchdown's the hardest throw to make it's the one thing the defense is always trying to take from you and in a short field you've got less green grass to work with so if george is going to score the 40 plus points a game that i do agree with you that national champions have to have daniels himself needs to do more than just compile yards he's actually got to strike four touchdown throws and even in the four games that he started last year for Georgia that went really well, you still maybe would have liked to have seen more of those touchdown throws from him, even in that small sample
1: size. I would agree. Yeah, and I would add, you know, certainly the big plays are there, but they should be in the red zone when we go back to Washington and Gilbert just to name two. Like those should be such weapons and just playing basketball against smaller defenders. With that in mind, though, because we spent a lot of time on the, on the pass game, Georgia's got – depth at running back and they have a lot of guys they like and I don't know if it's the best way to ask who's going to be the best or who's going to be the most productive which of those backs jumps out to you the most
3: well let me just say it this way obviously there's a lot of off-season chatter about Kendall Milton I understand where that comes from even Kenny McIntosh kind of get some of his love there as well I still don't think people quite know what Georgia has in James Cook but he's a part of this conversation and when you hear all these discussions about these are the running backs it almost seems like there ends up being less talk about Samir Watt I'm a big believer that White is probably at this point in time underrated because sports fans have a tendency to want to overrate things they haven't seen as much. It's why backup quarterbacks are always so popular because you sort of invent what they would look like on the field if they were playing more in your mind. And I think that Milton and McIntosh have probably benefited from that sum, even though I think they're pretty good prospects. The fact of the matter is, you know, Zamir's numbers are actually Good a year ago, he was in, uh, within an eyelash of averaging as many yards per carry as Nashi Harris did. He just had fewer carries on the season. Also, if you want to go back to 2017 for a moment, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle were way better as seniors than they had been as juniors. Now, in the case of Chubb, that's fairly easy to explain. He was just healthier than he was in 2016. In Michelle's case, it's not quite so easy to explain why he was so much better as a senior. It was a better offensive line. But his numbers were just much better in his final year. I sort of get the sense that Zamir White, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Sonny Michel was. No, don't, certainly don't hear me say something I'm not saying. But as far as his story at Georgia not being fully told as of yet, I think he could have a punctuation mark to his career coming later on this season.
1: I want to ask you about Kirby more in depth in a moment, but defensively, everybody's pointing to the secondary for obvious reasons because the turnover doesn't mean it can't be as good, but there's a lot of unknowns there. So before we look at that, because I I don't care what your secondary is, the front seven can cover up a lot of of that transition. So tell me about Georgia's pass rush and how, and again, it's going to be on display early against Clemson, how they're going to be able to get to quarterbacks.
3: What's important to know, it was way better last year than it had been any other time under Kirby Smart. Georgia had been good defensively, but it's kind of funny, for as much as Kirby kind of gets criticized for his very conservative offensive play, I would say, times Georgia's also been guilty of very conservative defensive play play too, kind of Uh, you know, caring about gap soundness and things like that, maybe more so than getting after quarterbacks and sacking quarterbacks. There's obviously good reason why you would care about gap soundness. But in terms of not being always aggressive as they could be. Last year, though, you know, Georgia got after quarterbacks. Had they played a full season last year, that sack total for the team would have looked pretty good, sacking quarterbacks. And uh, Desmond Ritter, one of the big reasons why they won the bowl game Against Cincinnati, so last year was a step in that direction where you want the program to be, if you're a UGA fan. But a lot of that was Aziz Ojalari and now he's gone. But listen, the guys who are still here—you um, know, Adam Anderson's a former five-star recruit. Nolan Smith was the former number one recruit in the entire country. Uh, Kirby Smart, in talking about you know replacing Aziz Ojolari back in the spring, mentioned Trayvon Walker, who was a defensive end, a true defensive lineman, but an- another former five-star there as well. The point is is it's a terrible look for the program. I'm talking about the kind of thing that Kirby Smart would be injured on the recruiting trail about if Georgia can't take those names and turn them into game-wrecking guys, sacking quarterbacks. You ought to see this be a 40-plus sack team. If, if they're not, they're not a national championship contender. And if they're you know, somewhere below that level – these guys are finishing their Georgia careers far from the NFL prospect they otherwise could have been.
1: Okay, so then take me through the secondary. Uh, again, there's transition talent there, and I saw Kirby talk about it at SEC Media Days, but who do you expect to win those jobs, and how would how would it play out best for Georgia?
3: Well, Darian Kendrick is, I mean, really a potential first-round pick coming over from Clemson, so it seems fairly easy to sort of slide him into one of those cornerback spots, and Tyke Smith, the West Virginia transfer, who was multiple All-American teams mentioned a year ago. He's actually going to be a very important player for Georgia, I think, this year, too. So those two guys on the field a lot. Uh, you know, starter is kind of a loaded word now because of the substitutions that take place. But but for the most part, you would think of them as starters. And then on the other side, the other cornerback spot, it's obviously former elite recruits like Jalen Kimber, Keely Ringo, or someone like Amir Speed, who doesn't have the, quite the same recruiting profile and has been with the program so long. He came here in 2017. A lot of folks have kind of forgot about it. But, uh, man, he's 6'3". If you saw him walking around, you'd think he was a grad transfer. He just kind of has that kind of look, that kind of body. And even though he's not as well-known among Georgia fans, I tell you, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not one of the guys that steps up and emerges as a starter across from Darien Kendrick simply because he's been here, he's bided his time, he could have transferred, gone somewhere else, chose not to. And he's not nearly as dynamic an athlete as certainly Keeley Ringo is, maybe Jalen Kemper either. But there's something to be said for experience and somebody who, you know, kind of been here long enough to maybe aid the chemistry of that group, especially when you're trying to work a lot of transfers into getting on the same page with each other.
1: So let's talk about Kirby. And and a lot of times in in sports, it just works this way that early success is your worst enemy because no, no matter what you do after that, if you don't achieve that exact thing, we're going to say, you know, something happened, what went wrong. So we know Georgia in year two was in the college football playoff and playing for a championship. I don't know that a ton has changed there. you know, in Georgia's case, that usually comes down to a game or two. It's going to determine their chance to play for a championship. Evaluate Kirby where he is now at this point in the program, as opposed to when he came in and where you thought the program would be.
3: So I'll give you the more favorable assessment and, and the more, I guess, you know, maybe brutally honest you know type assessment there as well. If you look at the situation that Georgia has been in, commonly fifth best in the country, second best in the SEC. That's about what was true in 2018. About what was true in 2019, and had there been an expanded playoff, they would have been in most of those years. So I think it's fair to point out that a lot of the criticism of Smart, to the extent that it exists, is kind of based on the tougher road that Georgia has to travel in comparison to an Oklahoma in the Big 12, or a Clemson in the ACC, or you know anything you know along those lines that that other teams just have an easier path. And so, if you care about like this time of year, and I do like this kind of stuff, some people don't, but ranking of which coach is the best in college football. Smart has a tendency to rank behind guys like Brian Kelly, who he's beaten multiple times, but Kelly's made multiple playoff appearances. And I would argue he's made those appearances on the backs of just easier paths to the playoff, which have to travel in the SEC. So that's to me a little bit of an unfair uh, mark against smart, but the obvious truth is as smart has grown up the Georgia program, the sport has been kind of changing around him and Alabama in 2021, or at least let's say 2020 last year, that's a very different looking team than the kind of Alabama team that Smart left in 2015, and I do think it's fair to ask: Is Smart adapting to all of this quick enough? I mean, as you said, he's taken Georgia to the playoff, and he's you know won an SEC, and they're you know perennially kind of ranked in the in the top five. But there's been an evolution happening around UGA that at times it seems like Georgia has struggled, struggled to keep pace with, and that's what really a lot of this season is about. Of can Georgia finally look like what the very best teams in the country have looked like? Because Georgia's style on both sides of the ball really has been a little bit different.
1: So let's follow up on that because so much attention is on the Clemson game, and for good reason. Because after that, Brandon, I think we probably would both agree there's a chance they're a double-digit favorite in all the rest of their games. I know it's way too early to try to project Florida and maybe even Auburn, but I I think that could be the case. So talk me through both scenarios. They they play a good game against Clemson. They lose in some fun shootout, 41-38. Tell me about the rest of the season and what that looks like.
3: Well, I think the two swing games, as you mentioned, are Auburn and Florida. And it's entirely possible, as you said, that Georgia's a double-digit favorite in both games. But keep this in mind for Auburn. You know, Brian Harson is a coach that's won a lot of games going back to Boise State. They have two big games early before they play Georgia. Auburn's at LSU. They haven't won there since 1999, but it's at least a winnable game, even if they're not going to be favored there. And they also play Penn State on the road there as well. So while there's a chance that Jordan-Hare Stadium is sleepy and Georgia's a big favorite when they go there in October, there's also a chance that Auburn has picked up two very big wins Mm -hmm. early in the season. All of a sudden, the point spread's a little more narrow, and the game atmosphere is a little hotter, and all of a sudden, that feels like a much bigger game. It's at least a possibility. Yeah. In the case of the Florida thing, listen, I'm a Georgia fan. I don't like Florida. I don't want them to be good. And it worries me a little bit that so much of the media has just treated it as a foregone conclusion that they won't be. There have been, like, multiple, like, relatively respected voices lately who've said they don't think Florida's a preseason top 25 team. And I simply just don't believe that's true. They're still 11th in ESPN FPI. They're sixth in Bud Elliott's blue-chip ratio, which measures the percentage of former four- and five-star recruits you have on your roster. I hate the Gators, but this idea they're not a top-25 team, there's not a metric you can point to that really bears that out. So I would caution anybody from assuming the game in Jacksonville on October 30th is going to be much easier than it's been in the past. This is probably a Florida team that's still at least somewhat competitive, and I would point out at SEC media days, Dan Mullen was really pretty confident about the way that he talked about his team to the extent that maybe means anything.
1: All right, folks. I want to introduce you to our newest partner here at Welcome to Atlanta, my friends at United Bin Cleaning. If you listen to me on the radio, you've probably heard me bragging on United Bin Cleaning and the job they did cleaning and sanitizing my trash can and recycling bin. But I wanted to tell you what else they can do for you to clean your home i want to talk to you about pressure washing and soft washing i feel like there are so many companies out there that you would never really know what you're getting well i had united bin cleaning out to my home to soft wash my house and to pressure wash my deck driveway and my fence and everything looks brand new i love the job they did at united bin cleaning when i tell you they probably saved me thousands of dollars on my fence if you've seen the cost of lumber for instance i was going to go get the new fence but united bin cleaning Pressure washed it. It looks brand new. So now I'm going to put that off for another summer. There's some vacation money or something else I can do with it. At United Bin Cleaning, they also soft washed my home. And if you don't know, soft washing is a light wash with a secret soap. It's the safest way to clean the exterior of your home to address mold, mildew, and pollen. United Bin Cleaning does residential and commercial pressure washing, and it's a local company. I love to keep the money local. My friends Jeff and Rachel Terry from Peachtree Tents and Event, they own... United Bin Cleaning. So, great company, local folks serving our community. Right now at United Bin Cleaning, they will pressure wash or soft wash your home and give you a 10% discount when you mention promo code MATLANA. Again, 10% off on pressure washing or soft washing when you mention promo code MATLANA all throughout the month. Speaking of the month of July, at United Bin Cleaning, they're giving away a chance for you to win the bin. They're giving away a 32-gallon bin loaded With over 500 bucks of really cool, uh, 500 bucks of summer fun, I should say. Yes, 500 bucks of summer fun gift cards to Dos Barbecue. Fox Brothers, Low Country Catering, Pont City Market, plus barbecue sets, beach towels, bucket hats, and more. Your summer fun will be complete if you win the bin. So search up United Bin Cleaning on Facebook or Instagram. Give them a like or follow to win. Again, find them on Facebook, Instagram, give them a like or a follow. You can win. From United Bin Cleaning offering you 10% off your pressure washing or soft washing, go to unitedbincleaning.com.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like.
2: dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can
1: always expect the best. So do you think, though, and I'll I'll bring it back to Clemson, like, because I can play this out two sides in my mind. Like, they lose the Clemson game, run the table and still have everything in front of them if they're in the SEC championship game, or conversely, they win the Clemson game, take care of the rest of their business, and then they're in that discussion at the end that if they play a good game in the SEC title game, there's still potentially a playoff spot available. Is that
3: so here's the thing it? I think the Clemson game is really about. The one thing I have try to make my case for is the game itself is actually more important than it's sometimes given credit for, because a lot of people will say, well, whoever loses this game can still work their way back into the college football playoff by the time it's all said and done, almost as if it was kind of like a, a fancy exhibition game. But the truth is, as I mentioned earlier, Georgia has very frequently been, second-best team in the SEC, fifth-best team in the country. Alabama will be favored if it plays Georgia in the SEC championship. So, for me, what the Clemson game is for Georgia is the way to build a resume so that not to say that any UGA fan would concede the SEC championship game, but a way to build a resume that wouldn't require an SEC championship to make the college football playoff. We've seen two SEC teams included before that happened in 2017. Last year, I'll also point out the committee for the first time, a lot of team that was a conference championship game loser to make the the college football playoff, you know, this idea that somehow Georgia could beat Clemson, but still be excluded from a playoff that Clemson made, assuming that Clemson runs the table and wins the ACC boy, that's a pretty tough conversation to ask Georgia fans to be a part of. And I imagine there'd be a lot of anger there. So to me, what the Clemson game is really about is not just announcing your presence on a national stage, but also working on the kind of playoff resume that might not require an SEC championship to be included.
1: So then, let's finish up with the obvious thing here. So, if somehow, I mean, if somehow Georgia didn't end up in the College Football Playoff one way or another, but it's still a very good year—it's a you know a twelve win or you know a two loss, whatever, whatever you want to look at this. Like, how would Georgia fans feel about where the program was after that, considering all the things momentum-wise they have coming into the year?
3: Yeah, I think they'd be incredibly disappointed, and it would be the kind of thing that would make the collar around smart a little tighter. And I want you to understand when I say what I mean. that I don't mean like hot seat talk or, or whatever else. I, I just mean that you can't keep replicating the same level of success over and over and over again. At some point in time, you got to do something with these recruits that you brought in. And a lot of folks say, well, what happens to these four and five stars make it to Georgia? The answer to that question is for the most part, they're all still here. Georgia's got a huge number of former five-star recruits still on this roster. And obviously uh, a ton of former four-star guys before that. But this is kind of one of those swing years where all of those elite recruits are juniors. They couldn't leave the NFL draft this year. You know, the one spot where Georgia hasn't shown up in addition to not winning a national championship, it hasn't dominated the Thursday night of the NFL draft either. There have been some first-round picks under Kirby Smart, but not as many as other programs. And so this is one of those things where if the scenario you just described were to play out, Georgia not in the playoff, doesn't win the SEC, it's kind of one of these hey you went to a group a new year six bowl but nothing beyond that I think there's a chance that Georgia's recruiting efforts could slow down a little bit because of that and certainly their NFL draft success it would seem obvious you know might not be what it's supposed to be for some of the elite guys who've come through the program and could be finishing up their time here this year it's the kind of thing that would slow down some of that momentum that Georgia has seemed to have so there's no doubt there's pressure on Georgia to perform. I think the coaches and players are all fine with that. I know Smart's fine with that. And you wouldn't expect anything less than the SEC. So there's there's clearly something at stake for Georgia this year to have better end-of-season results than it's had you know, since it went, went to the playoff in 2017.
1: So as we go out, though, fill in the blank, Georgia wins the national championship if blank happens.
3: If they are more explosive offensively and dynamic defensively. they got to have 40-plus sacks on the defensive side of the ball. And as you alluded to before, got to get that scoring up. you got to gotta be in the 40s somehow, some way. And if Georgia looks like that on both sides, have it defensively, explosive offensively, then this is the kind of team that resembles the teams that have won in the past.
1: If you would, please promote that award-winning podcast of yours where people can hear you.
3: Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It's Dog Nation Daily. I do it every single day, as the name would suggest. We're on all the video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're on podcast, all of them there as well. Pretty much, if you just look for Dog Nation daily, you should find us just about anywhere you're looking.
1: B.A., it's a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I think we're better informed now as we get ready for the season. We appreciate you joining us.
3: You know, I'm actually thankful that you finally asked me to do this podcast. <laughs> I literally think you've had everybody in Atlanta. It's I think, it, I think at true. one point in time, you are just, like, dialing <laughs> me <names laughs> the phone book. That's uh, not true. <laughs> It's like, finally, you got it to the A section. I'm just happy <laughs> to know I could be included.
1: I mean this when hey, I say. One of it. these
3: days, uh, I, I, maybe you'll cut this part out. But if you don't, leave this in here. One of these days, we should get together and we should reminisce about some of the old times. I'm because, listen. Uh,
1: I'm all for it. Forget talking about sports. We that's where we'll actually get the most listens.
3: I mean, listen. What people really want to hear are our own personal stories and mm-hmm. our own personal feelings. You yeah, failures. You, I, think you
1: know I think that's true. It's a better way to say it. Hey, I, I mean sports this when I say it. I, I mean this. I love you. I don't, I don't think, think you, you do. do B- I, I love don't think you too, do. Brian Hoyt. Hoyt's mind is screaming. He have loves a you. Child he's with you. Just scre- he's just screaming. You. We're leaving us all into by the way. So.
3: So now, yes, I mean, you can tell. You can just listen to Hoyt's voice. <laughs> now that he's on air talent, and me all pieces
1: I'm a, a celebrity, ba. Now he's screaming. He's just, <laughs> he's just on air
3: talent now. It's a, it's a t- entirely different
1: version. Go on with yeah. the rest of your day. See you, buddy. See you. Bye, guys. See ya. Yes, we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's kind of my go-to i'm a little bit lucky i live in woodstock so I'm right around the corner to downtown woodstock on main street to see the daily draft which i've told you many times it's the ultimate sports bar experience not your father's sports bar you're talking wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps craft bar chef inspired menu and with sizzling plays ahead if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall maybe you're going to mbs or athens or on the flats or you're hosting a game night at your home check out the daily drafts newest menu edition the tailgate box yes you can enjoy their wings boneless wings a couple of sides a bag of popcorn and of course their homemade jumbo cookies now these are pre-order only you can go to the uh, thedailydraft.net or give them a call at the daily draft to get the pre-orders in if you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week or even order on uber eats check out the daily draft they have A great lunch lineup for only eleven bucks Monday through Friday from eleven thirty till three thirty. Again, go to thedailydraft.net, or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram the Daily Draft. A unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at the Daily Draft.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save
2: and save and win. 20- 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive,
1: where you can always expect the best. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madland. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on the things like every day. Big beats hit street seat gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till eight in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day.
0: Big beats hit street seat gangsters roaming. Uh-huh. And parties
2: And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Camp
3: Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from
2: Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.